0: Hey, Justin here, just welcoming you back to the show. We're really glad you're listening to us. We've been getting some good feedback from some of you, and we wanted to take a moment to say thanks. I'm glad no one has complained yet about this show being too long, but I'm afraid that might change after this week. I think this is a good one, though. This episode has made me laugh. It has also made me cry. I don't know how it elicited either of those reactions, but by George, it did. We have lots to talk about in regards to college football, and we hope that continues to be the case going forward. So, without further ado, this is Let The Meat Takes.
1: Bonjour and welcome to Let The Meat Takes, the sports podcast for the Outrage Era. I am Jonathan, as always, joined by my good friend Justin. As is tradition. Coming to you from Athens, Georgia. And Scotty.
2: I'm legally required to be here.
1: Coming to you from (laughs) San Jose, California. And me, coming to you from Kennesaw, Georgia.
2: <laughs>
1: it's the law in Kansas. It is the law in Kansas. guns. I was going to sit and record with you guys, but I'm. I think I'm gonna sit it out. Um, sit it out because of COVID. It's not enough people wore masks, and so now I can't pod. I yes, I think you should
0: be more distant. I don't know how you could be more distant from us since we're on a Zoom call,
1: but if you could figure I, out, I'd a have way. to get in a boat to be more distance from Scott and start just paddling out into the Atlantic.
2: That's true. Swim to Europe or Africa.
1: Speaking of the Atlantic, I was just on the coast of the Atlantic for the past several days. This morning, I woke up in Florida and drove eight and a half hours back to Kennesaw with my 11-month-old son, who decided today would be a great day to throw up four times. (laughs) Nice. So uh, we did our first throw up while going 80, followed quickly by our second throw-up, and then we pulled over and then um, got him changed nice and clean, and he followed that up with third throw-up all over his clean clothes and, and me, and then fourth throw-up all over my wife. And uh, after he had nothing left to throw up, we put him back in his car seat and got a McDonald's cup and said, we're not going to fix him down here in South Georgia, so uh need to get home. need to get anywhere but here. And so we drove back with a passed out 11 month old in the back seat, um, checking for hydration. And uh, that was my day, y'all. So as you can tell, oh, I'm ready to roll with, the, with sports because anything to get my mind off of what I just went through is going to be awesome.
0: Well, John, I don't know what you're expecting taking your 11 month son through the state of Florida and not having him vacate his bowels. <laughs> just
1: at the very side of it i did drive him on i-10 through northern florida which is like <laughs> the worst part <laughs> uh, and i mean the last
0: time i was in gainesville florida I was driving with i guess my then fiance now wife and i was afraid she was about to get abducted
1: that's the thing like and I should say, to be clear, at no point were we ever afraid of him being dehydrated or in any serious condition. We were just like, you know, it'd be great is if he would stop throwing up, so we can get home. That's kind of what our mood was. It was he was, he was never like a worry kind of thing. But maybe he was driving through Jacksonville, <clears throat> and as we were pulling out, he saw a sign for Gainesville or something. Ooh, he threw up.
0: Yeah. You're raising him right. If he has that visceral reaction to the University of Florida, you're doing you're doing God's work. I think
1: the original one was correct. He probably just had his reaction to the state of Florida. He, he finally I mean, figured out. He's like He was asleep when we took him into the state, and so on the way out, he finally figured out, this is where you've had me all week?
2: That <laughs> does seem to be most people's reaction to Dan Mullen's uh, recruiting pitches. So it's powerful. And his
0: TikTok videos. He's on TikTok. I'm instantly following him. (laughs) No, you don't want. I follow Doris Martin.
2: Okay, think about this, right? Think about somebody that wears cargo pants from Belk, or like with a khaki pants from Belk with a lot of pleats, and then puts on Jordans and thinks that makes him cool.
3: Oh
1: man. (sighs) Anyhow. We're all doing well now. Everyone is eating, not throwing up, hydrated. I'm hydrated. Are you hydrated? We're all hydrated.
0: I Woo! I have a I have Sorry. one of my
1: favorite local beers in my hand. It's a
0: Terrapin Up High. It used to be called High Five, but they had to change the name
1: Why is for that? uh because there was another beer called High Five. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. So so should we get these hasty itaku's out of the way?
0: Yeah, so I guess I'll lead the way. Um, I know you guys love golf, so I put a golf take in there. But uh, I think you might like this. So uh, Justin Thomas is... Uh, so for for those of you who don't know, golf is still happening. Um, it's just even more quiet than it was before, as evidenced by this brilliant soundbite we have from Justin Thomas as he thought he was about to sink uh, I think a birdie putt and it got really close to the hole but it just stopped just went past it just an inch. So I got the sound bite. Can I you all ready for this? I'm ready to hear it please. Dude, you've gotta be <laughs> <laughs> so that that's his reaction. <laughs> but for some reason the golf world kind of lost its mind. <laughs> was Barstool I Barstools
1: wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah. Barstool tweeted out and they said, Justin Thomas is one of us. And I'm sure Dave Portnoy was like, finally, I knew golf. These were bros. These are my bros. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) So, yeah. And um, I haven't played that much golf, but that definitely resonates with me because I've, you know, made putts that were way worse, weren't even that close. And, you know, maybe I wanted to shout some obscenities. So that's probably what, I don't know. That's probably a normal professional golf match, but people oh, lost their minds over it. I wasn't
1: expecting it. that. That was really funny. It's always interesting, though, to hear people like, you know, clutch their pearls when they hear like professional athletes drop a bunch of F-bombs. I'm like, if only you knew. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. I know
0: we're not trying to be a Homer cast, but one of my favorites is probably Matt Ryan, I think two seasons ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, he Get was, set,
2: maybe. <laughs>
0: just a great one. It's not as funny as Peyton Manning cussing out Donald Brown for missing his blocking assignment. (laughs) But it's pretty close. Get effing set. It's one of my favorite They sold T shirts
2: for that for a while. I never did
0: they really should
2: have. Yeah. Uh,
0: So is Justin
2: Thomas a good golfer or like a bad golfer? Who is Justin
0: Thomas? I'm gonna be honest. I've never heard of this guy before. So let me
1: I can help in this department if you'll allow me. Please. In that. I have no idea who Justin Thomas is, but I did hang out with a buddy of mine at the beach. who's an avid golf fan. And I asked him, we watched the PGA championship together every evening and asked, and I just picked his brain. And at at no point, did he ever tell me much about Justin Thomas? So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that, uh, he's just pretty, like, he's probably really good, but nothing like special.
0: Well, he is actually really good. He's a, younger than I am which is kind of weird because I always think of golf being an old man's sport but he won the PGA Championship in 2017 and that's a major open and that's a pretty significant milestone for any professional golfer. You know, It doesn't mean he's like you know an all-time great but he's pretty damn yeah, good. Yeah, he's pretty good. He played guy at guy. Alabama and SEC golf is actually pretty competitive so yeah, he's good.
2: I mean, we can all agree that golf's
1: not a real sport, right? <sighs> it's an it's interesting, interesting you- hobby. Depends I on how look. you define I sport. see Justin
2: Thomas and I see myself. Dude's like 5'10, 160, like pretty average athlete, and apparently he's winning majors. So I'm not buying it. Like if but, you're his size, if you're my size, you better be like an Olympic one hundred meter champion.
1: Or you better be like a little messy who like falls over five times and scores. Did y'all see that this weekend, by the way? Because he did no. that.
2: Yeah. It looked like a video game glitch.
1: It looked like FIFA broke. It looked like he broke a video game. He like fell over four guys and somehow the ball winded up in the net. Yeah,
0: that's cheesing. We call that cheesing in the game world. I think uh, one last thing I'll say about Justin Thomas who so can move on. The funny thing for me is he's won a PGA championship. He's probably going to be remembered more for being that guy that said, You got to be f- kidding me on TV. And Classic. that's funny, but it's kind of a sad thing for golf. So, uh, you know, I kind of hey, like good-
2: Good news, they're not letting anybody go to the Masters, so a lot of people are going to be pissed, and that makes me happy.
0: <laughs> it's all, it, you know, the Masters has always wanted to do that. How can we make it more exclusive?
1: Oh, we just don't let anybody come. They're like, like in their boardroom, like wringing <laughs> their hands like Smithers <laughs> from The Simpsons. They're like, Good. Yes, Good. we finally have what we want. <laughs> we'll even sell the
0: egg salad sandwiches with no patrons to purchase them. <laughs> You know
2: somebody's gonna go put like one cell phone out there on the greens and then like call it just so they can run over there and smash it with a hammer and like yell at somebody. <laughs> How dare you?
0: How oh, dare this 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 peon with his mobile device? <laughs> Dwight Eisenhower stood there once. Uh so I'm sure you guys have heard of the Disney bubble that's
1: going on with the NBA.
2: Is
0: that
1: like Fantasia? Uh, Yes. I'll level with you. I know more about what's going on in golf than the NBA. If that tells you how I feel the, about the NBA. The
2: NBA took most of their teams and put them in a bubble. And they I said, if you're way I at the bottom this. of the standings, you don't get to come into the bubble. You're not right. bubble Was it
1: is yeah. Is this the thing that the Hawks lost in overtime, and so they don't get to play unless they do like <sighs> right. an nit version of the bubble?
0: Yeah, they're yeah. – abs- So most teams got to be a part of this playoff system, which I've heard a lot of people are taking. um, Who does Damian Lillard play for? Does he play for the Trailblazers? Yeah. Most people are predicting the Trailblazers to win it, even though they're an eight seed, but because of Damian Lillard's just transcendent moment right now, which came at probably the least convenient time in his career, considering all that's happening. But that's off the point. So there were 8 teams that weren't invited to do this and uh <laughs> I love they've been deemed the delete 8. <laughs> You've heard of the elite 8. This is the delete 8. We didn't want them in the bubble. And these teams are the Knicks, the Bulls, the Cavaliers, the Pistons, the Hornets, the Timberwolves, the Warriors and the Hawks. And if you listen to uh last week's episode uh, according to their branding guide, they have a relentless pursuit of a championship that has led them into this unique category of teams. So there was a rumor of this group, the Delete 8, which that's a great name. Oh, I have some ideas about that, but I'll get back to that.
2: Courtesy of John Hollinger at The Athletic, I
0: believe. Is that where it came from? Yeah,
2: credit where it's due.
0: All right, John Hollinger, you you're doing God's work. So there was this idea that we're just going to let them have non-consequential scrimmages and let them train in the bubble while all these other winning teams were going to actually compete for something, and that idea did not take off because the player association had uh, no interest in the idea, and I think the clubs probably said, no, nah, we'll just stay home. This is stupid. We're not going to you know, have stupid, meaningless scrimmage games while everyone else is actually competing for something. It's like the NIT or the NET, but even worse.
2: So actually, I know a lot, not all, but a lot of the teams that weren't in the bubble did want to get in there and play, even if it was meaningless scrimmage games. Because a lot of those teams are full of very young players who they're hoping get better, and they're all like rebuilding teams, and they want to see... who's good enough to keep on the team and who they're going to get rid of that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. But the players association is very much not interested in setting the precedent of the NBA saying, Hey, let's go play this like meaningful, like mandated, you know, basketball that doesn't bring in revenue. They, uh, not dealt with that.
0: Right. (sighs) So, how did the Warriors not get in? I, I mean, I, I wasn't paying attention to basketball closely, but that seems shocking to me.
2: So, the, the first answer is the Warriors had the worst record of basketball by a significant margin. Okay. So, on paper, and that's how they didn't get in. Uh, in practice, how they didn't get in was that Clay Thompson was out for the whole season uh, after he tore his ACL in the finals. Mm. And then I forget how much time Steph missed, but Steph missed a lot of time. If not the whole season, he missed a lot of time. Um, and then once it's just Draymond there, like he's not trying. He's just was like hanging out, waiting for the next season. They were just yeah. uh, cruise control.
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, I guess if I were a player, I'd just be, I would just, I don't know. Just let me stay home. I don't want to, play these meaningless games i do hope i do love the delete eight i hope that name can be repurposed in the future for something maybe like maybe like a parody movie about these eight victims who were uh, of cancel culture called the delete eight and like michael richards could be their ringleader (laughs) (laughs) i think it'd be funny all these disgraced celebrities
2: all these people that had like you know really bad jokes and they're like I thought it was a good decision at the time.
0: I did it for the laughs. I did it for the clicks. I did it for the likes. Or, better yet, they could use use the Delete 8 in the future when the MLB inevitably expands the playoffs, and that's just the 8 teams that didn't get invited to be in the postseason. Mm -hmm. Maybe keep that in your back pocket, sports world.
2: On bad decision making,
0: we need
2: the The Lou Will follow up (laughs) Right Lou Will who left the bubble For personal Reasons (laughs) to attend a funeral of a mentor Decided to Stop in at a strip club Allegedly just for the wings And uh, (laughs) Yeah some follow up Reporting with him And he said at the time I thought I was making a responsible decision Looking back at it Maybe it wasn't the best quality decisions. I chalk it up as that. Take my L and keep moving. <laughs> I like I kind of appreciate that he recognizes that it wasn't a good decision. And like, yeah, I take your L and move on. But also, you really thought that was the responsible decision?
1: I want to copy paste this and save it on my phone. Next time I do something dumb, I just want to <laughs> open it up and read it. At the time, I thought I was making a responsible decision. Looking back, it maybe wasn't the best quality decision. Chalk it up, as was an L.
2: At the time, I thought it was a responsible decision to get covered in some booty sweat and then try and ruin the entire NBA playoffs. <laughs> responsibly.
0: Hey, man. Maybe that's just his grieving process. Why didn't he go there? That seems like the very obvious like excuse.
2: Aha. Well, you should know. The man has a rep to uphold for one. He is well known in the Atlanta nightlife scene, uh, so well known that the wings he was ordering from this strip club are named after him. It's also it, it's also reported that this place legitimately has some like seriously good wings, and like people actually order like to go food and just pick it up and don't even go in, like even though it's coming from a strip club, like it's that level of wings um person people have done actual like articles on this since this happened people have been that's- like oh i gotta go investigate these wings for work and write an article which <sighs> that's a whole thing
0: i mean but- if i could uber eat those wings i probably would i don't know if i want the booty sweat
2: you might be able you might be able to get them
0: <sighs> The people say that about hooters i feel like i've never been but that just doesn't look like a place that has good
1: wings. They do have good the wings. Can't confirm. See? Don't ask me how. It. Don't ask me how. No, I'm kidding. I'll tell you how. In high school, <laughs> they would order the wrestling pay-per-views. And I was a poor high schooler. So me and my buddies would go order a dinner and sit at the Hooters. And I swear, we would just watch the wrestling pay-per-view. I'm <laughs> wrestling. Hey, I, don't go to, I don't go to Hooters for the girl. I go for the wrestling and the wings. I'm not here to watch these girls in skimpy clothes. I'm here to watch these men in skimpy clothes.
2: Yeah, that's what we call a heel turn right there. <laughs> Deion Sanders took himself a heel turn too, right? And he, just oh, he left, did. Uh, where did he leave? NFL Network? Yeah. Because they said, you got to take a pay cut. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to Barstool. This place sucks, but I don't have to take a pay cut.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what a crazy move for Dion Sanders! Like, definitely a step down for him, but a huge step up for Barstool because it's probably the first contributor they have that Dave Portnoy didn't find at a bar in Portsmouth, New Hampshire.
1: Well, let's be clear: if you yeah, think the is NFL he the is first,
2: it... is he the first like black person in Barstool?
1: Uh, I don't think so. That oh, I'd be shocked. I think they have others. I I used they're to... pretty big,
2: so yeah, yeah, it's kind of like statistically.
1: Um. What I was going to say was, depends on how highly you think of the NFL as an organization. So you were saying it was a step down. I was like, mm, call it a draw.
0: <laughs> I definitely think Barstool is probably a little bit more, I, I would say, like forward thinking, but I don't know if you can use those words to describe Dave Portnoy, but they're definitely in the media world, they're probably a little bit more ahead of the curve than NFL Network is in terms of, like, podcasts and all their other digital presence. Yeah, I
1: mean, if you take away Dave Portnoy as a personality and just look at what they put out from a media standpoint across the board, it's it's excellent. I
2: mean, the NFL, yeah, just as a whole, everything coming out of NFL is going to be pretty conservative and tight-lipped and by the book and, you know, not really trying to break new ground. Uh Barstool's gonna be trying to push some limits. Uh in, in different types of ways at times.
1: So they're gonna unleash the Dion. We're getting Dion unleashed.
0: Hey, I'm for it. I love Dion Sanders. I think Same. he's great. Same. He's prime time. He is prime time.
2: But like also the biggest part of prime time was being fast. So I don't know what he's got for me at age fifty.
0: <sighs> he's got a wicked beard. I did see that. That's true. Him and Ed Reed.
2: Ed has got like that old man beard. Yeah. It's just
1: impressive. Yeah, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper. XFL had to halt its season back in March because of the pandemic. Um, so sad, it was the second time they tried to become a thing. Um, the league eventually closed its doors and filed for bankruptcy before it was purchased by none other than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm. along with uh, Redbird Capital. So I think they're going to take a third crack at it, it looks like, with The Rock having some creative input or business input. Yeah,
0: I saw he purchased it for like $15 million, which is nothing. Nothing for a sports league. Right. That's nothing for dollars.
2: a like tiny slice of ownership of a sports
0: team. Right, it's like the cost. It's the budget of an indie movie starring Shailene Woodley. <laughs> I mean that I won't ever want to see. I've seen yeah, them. You if you look at
2: the NFL, right, fifteen million <laughs> makes you like what the one hundredth highest player for the twenty twenty season.
1: Right, that's a whole
2: league.
1: I was kind of into the XFL when it was on in the spring before COVID hit. Their, was really their timing
2: was just tough. <laughs> like, that's just yeah.
1: Yeah, that was tough. Anyway, excited to see what the rock goes with that. Um, our last hazy take for you is uh, my favorite one. And it's not <laughs> just because I saw it and sent it in, but it's also because it involves one of my all-time favorite coaches, Hugh Freeze. Never a boring Ooh. moment. Never a dull mm. moment with Hugh Freeze. Always entertaining. No.
2: Can I can I just read his throwback tweet? His most famous moment in time. Yeah. If you have facts about a violation, send it to compliance at oldmiss.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. Wow. Uh, Anybody that's lived under a rock or doesn't follow college football, turns out a lot of people had a lot of information related to compliance, and Ole Miss got a lot of people narking on them. They got a a lot of dudes that were taking some, quote, illegal benefits. And Hugh Freeze eventually got fired because he was hiring strippers on his state issued cell phone.
1: <laughs> talk about <laughs> aging like milk. So you know when you you, you list such a brill, such a, a, a illustrious resume, you know he's the head coach at Liberty University, um, right? So that with the uh, all this stuff, cha- all the uh, conference talk, who's playing, who's not playing, changing hourly, it feels like the South Florida coach tweeted the new Power Four in 2020 the sec the acc the big 12 and the aac he's talking about his own conference which is kind of i gotta chuckle you know he's the head coach yeah coach jeff scott and then uh he frees retweeted him and said please add us as an independent member <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. I mean, I feel
0: like it's been a thing at Liberty University that they want to be like the evangelical version of Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> Protestant they, Notre Dame. Yeah, they they need to up their branding a little bit. I mean, I, I feel like Hugh Freeze, given his uh, his past, he may have been a really probably a bad fit for a, a really conservative Christian university. But then I remember who their president is, and
2: yes, there you go. It's a perfect fit.
0: Ooh, yep, the shoe fits.
2: Yeah. Uh, anybody that doesn't know, their president is the former president of another fairly conservative Christian university uh, known as Baylor. They got in trouble because of n- numerous sexual assaults and, and rapes, and cover-up allegations, and all sorts of stuff. When, uh, Football team in the athletic
1: department. That is his tradition for Hugh Freeze. I did not know about that Baylor story. Kidding. Yes. (laughs) I'm kidding.
2: (laughs) But it turns out that guy is also phenomenal at raising money. So universities are willing to take a chance on him because they know they'll raise a ton of money. Whether or not that is a good or wise decision, I will leave up to you. Also, I love that after the Ole Miss player, Larry Tunzel got drafted and then said live on air at the NFL draft that he did, in fact, get paid to go to Ole Miss, a billion people went back and found the old compliance Ole Miss email and just started just sending in all kinds of info. (laughs) Oh, I saw this tweet asking to contact compliance. I saw one of your players say he got paid by coaches on national TV last night. Does that count? I can send a video if it's beneficial.
1: Oh, man, it's just too easy.
0: I mean, people knew about that for years in advance. I had a friend. uh, He was actually a roommate I had in college. He worked for the UGA football team. He would, like, look at film and stuff. Uh, Kind of a volunteer thing, but it's kind of a cool opportunity if you want to build up your resume and maybe coach some football later in career. But uh, he, uh, he he got to volunteer at an event where they were recruiting Laramie Tunsil, and they thought they had him in the bag. And he's flipped very abruptly overnight. No campus visit whatsoever to Oxford, and there was talk of money. And I think he might have been gauging interest. Of course, I'm pretty sure now at UGA we're probably we probably have a a good legion of bag men. So our gonna...
2: payroll is much higher now.
0: Right. The times have a changed.
1: Since we're talking about college football. We're wrapping up our hasty takes and serving up our main entrees of cake.
2: The main um, entree, where it just means more.
0: I'm thinking about just playing taps for this part of the podcast because uh, I know earlier on the show I thought it's going to happen. Doesn't matter if it's fun or not. Like the season's going to happen because money necessitates it. I'm not so sure anymore.
2: Things yeah, part of the fast. reason part of the reason the season might not happen is because money necessitates. It also doesn't happen at some point, right? Right. So once the lawyers get involved and say, okay, we can expect this many illnesses, we can expect this many long term medical conditions, we can expect to have to pay out health insurance or legal and medical fees of this much money for this long, et cetera. If that starts to be pretty similar amount to how much money you're going to make, then why take the publicity hit, et cetera, right? Sure. And then that's before we even get into uh, having them play through a pandemic when only professional leagues are playing and how much that might cost them when they lose a legal case and have to pay college football players.
0: Yep. I want to back yeah. things up because, you know, things. a lot of things have happened since we last recorded because I think I, what I wanted to start with was maybe talking about the SEC scheduling um, I thought how that played out was very comical. So, some of the heavyweights got a pretty good favorable draw. Like, Alabama just has to play Kentucky and Missouri. Uh, definitely two of the cream cakes of the East. Uh, and then, meanwhile... Say. Right.
2: <laughs> Arkansas got straight sacrificed.
1: Right. <laughs> they, they just, the-
2: like, tied them down and just, like, they thought them the on Lord, They thought
1: the Lord was going to provide a ram. And no it's a, ram was given. Bite, here we got bite, bite down hog. on the here, bite down on this leather strap. It's a hog. <laughs> like tonight we're eating bacon.
0: I mean, they're mm-hmm. definitely the sacrificial pig. I think the spotless lamb of the bunch is probably Mizzou, who's coming off. I think maybe a three and nine, four and eight season. They have another
2: a, new coach. Yeah,
0: yeah, a first year head coach whose name I can't remember. But he likes like. Oh yeah, he looks like uh one of the guys from office space. Um but they got served up Alabama
1: and LSU. They so had Arkansas and Miss State for those who don't know. Also we talked about uh um Arkansas getting sacrificed. They had Tennessee and Missouri and those and now they <laughs> have Georgia and Florida, right? Yeah. Man,
0: I really <laughs> I really wanted <laughs> to play Tennessee because it seemed like ugh Trap game for Big Orange. Plus, I'd love to see Sam Pittman get his first big SEC win against uh, the Fulmers, the Fighting Fulmers.
2: Yeah. That's all They're, pretty hypothetical at this point. But
0: right. A man can see. dream. It was funny because Dan Wolkin, whom we mentioned on the show a lot, he kind of put it's our his, weekly. It's our weekly segment. Right. The Wolken has spoken. Cardinal Wolken, Cardinal of the, uh, the Twitter Inquisition. Had a lot to say about it. Um, and I, he uh, b- There was some chatter about some of the coaches complaining because I think originally they had Florida and Alabama playing each other and both of their ADs uh, pitched a fit about it, so the SEC changed some things up. So here's Dan Wilkin. He says, memo to any SEC admin slash coach. Nobody wants to hear your complaints about the schedule on or off the record. We are in the middle of a pandemic. We'll be lucky if there's a season at all. Don't like your extra opponents? Keep it to yourself and spare yourself the embarrassment. Which is funny for a guy that we bring up on the show a lot because he's always looking for something to complain
1: about. Who's always looking kind of embarrassing because of what he says?
2: The irony of that too, right? Is like, Dan, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Nobody cares about your viewpoints on whether coaches (laughs) complain or not. Like, leave it to yourself and save yourself the embarrassment.
0: Well, I think he does, Scott. I think he cares about his opinions about the matter. Too bad he
2: doesn't care about
1: buying shirts that fit. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my boy, at, um, dogs twenty four seven. Jake Rose said, "If there are no complaints from SEC coaches, I guess we all know who to thank." Mm. Oh, you thank go. you. <laughs> Praise the Woken. The Woken has spoken.
2: All hail. <laughs> so uh, I did see that Ryan Day, Ohio State head coach. Mm -hmm. is pushing for the earliest possible Big Ten schedule. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty obvious why. His team has players that will go pro, and so he wants to play the games before they all even go to the NFL. He's like, can we
1: please, please? please?"
0: Right. If they don't get a fall season, here's what's going to happen to Justin Fields. It's one of two options. He's either going to sit out the year and prepare for the NFL draft, or he's going to try to transfer back into a conference that is playing college football. And as we know on the show, if you're a quarterback and you're really good, you get immediate eligibility wherever you go.
2: It's the rules. And why do quarterbacks get immediate eligibility? Because not giving quarterbacks immediate eligibility, what could be legally proved to be causing them future wage loss. Right? If you're a quarterback and you don't start, you don't play, thus you can't go to the NFL. So therefore cool. people would say the NCAA is causing this person to lose future wages.
0: So why, Scott? Why is that only quarterbacks and not left tackles? Why not fullbacks? Well, oh, because other not?
2: other positions, the the backups still play and still participate, right? True. So like if you're a uh, a tackle, well, if you're not the left tackle, you can still be the right tackle. And the third and fourth tackles can still play. And they still can get film and be involved. And especially at like really good schools, you have guys that are backups that get drafted. Or they're backups until their last year and they start one year and they're like a high pick, right?
0: Or they um, hit a growth spurt. Or they get some steroids. Right. Steroids for all. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. I did read a good article from uh, Bill Connolly where he... uh, So, Ryan Day uh, wants a spring season. It's kind of funny, going back to the whole Big Ten thing, when I saw what coaches didn't want to cancel the season, they were all coaches of good teams. As far as I'm concerned, I think Purdue is 100% fine with canceling or delaying the season. So... They're like, well, we actually don't have many NFL prospects. We like the idea of playing Ohio State without Justin Fields a little bit better. But anyway, Bill Connolly uh, went and wrote a nice little article for ESPN, as he's known to do. He is a Missouri alum, so he is he is a he is a spotless lamb. Um, and he laid out. I won't. Uh, I won't summarize the whole article, but I'll just lay out some of his major points. He just kind of described what would look like to have a spring and he acknowledged that it's kind of hard. You know, the weather's not ideal. The timing's not ideal either, but we're in a situation which he acknowledges where there really aren't a lot of super ideal options. You know, there's a lot of opinions and most of them aren't wrong. I mean, some of them are stupid, but you know, like there's nobody who has like the best idea right now. So we're all kind of working what we got, but, uh, he, he ends the article with a really neat question, and I wish he would have spent more time on it. And he basically outlines the fact that a lot of this, you know, this fractured season, a lot of this, you know, last minute decision and indecision could be avoided if there was like some really good, effective, centralized leadership. So he asked a question. What the hell is the NCAA for if they're not providing that kind of leadership in a time like this?
1: What the hell is the NCAA for is a question asked for many, many years.
0: So
2: Bill Connolly's answer to that, which I think I've heard him say before, is the NCAA is there to provide one level of buffer between the schools and the legal system. So that, you know, the schools can say it's the NCAA's fault, the NCAA can say it's the school's fault, and then nobody has to pay the players.
0: So it's really just like a scapegoat middleman.
2: Yes. Which, if you've ever seen Mark Emmer, I mean, it's very clear.
0: Right. He (laughs) looks like an animatronic human being.
2: (laughs) So many so many of the guys uh, up top of the NCAA look like wax figurines, right? It's just how they roll. And sometimes you're like, oh, that guy's like, he got a little melted. So I left him in the car.
0: <laughs> he auditioned to be a part of Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, and they were a little too waxy.
2: Well, they're like, we think you have leadership potential, actually. So you should take a role here uh, in our front office.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were like, we're gonna we're gonna pay you in 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 classes on how to create these sculptures, so you won't mm-hmm. need you won't need a salary because you're gonna be getting the equivalent of your salary in classes here at Madame Cheeses.
2: There you go. That's that house money. They're yep. like, look, we'll give you ten thousand Chuck E. Cheese tickets, okay? <laughs> Instead of some serious monetary value, you can get like a sticker.
0: It's not about the money. It's the spirit of the cheese. Exactly. So,
2: I want players whose heart is really in that skee ball
0: game. Right. Speaking of players who, um, they really just, really have their hearts in the right place. They're not doing this for the money. Not doing this as fame. They're just doing it for the heart of the game. (laughs) You know, they're doing it for themselves. We're doing it for the kids. Uh, Hashtag We want to play. We do it for the kids. Hashtag We want to play uh, was trending hard on Twitter. This week amongst college athletes, uh, there seems I've read a lot who I've read some seen some athletes who've opted out or expressed their vocal uh disapproval for having a season, but I've seen a lot more, especially high profile athletes, really want to play this game. And a uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of took uh, center stage with that. I think there was also talk of players unionizing or forming a coalition amongst themselves?
2: I I gotta say, that was a pretty good bait and switch they had going on. there, Because you had about 24 hours of all the big-time players just hopping on the internet saying, we want to play, let us play, hashtag we want to play. And you had a whole day of fans getting all riled up saying, yeah, let them play, they want to play, let them play. And then after a day of that, they said, also, we would like to unionize. Yep. And then you had a lot of fans that were like, no, 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 not like that.
0: That's not the spirit of the game. What do you mean you want to unionize?
2: Yes, yeah, so you, had, you had a whole day of people saying, look, the players want to play. Listen to the players. Their voices count. And then they, like, turned around and said something that a lot of those people didn't want to hear. And-
0: Genius maneuver, yeah. I got to say.
2: Yeah. It was a really classic bait and switch. It was very well orchestrated.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Trevor Lawrence's demands. I guess he's one of the... I guess he. he's maybe the... I don't know if there's a captain to steering the ship, but he seems to be on the bridge of the ship. That's where that's where command usually sits. I don't know. Uh, here's it. Here's it. Star Wars. Blah, blah, blah. Pew, pew, pew. Here are his demands. According to uh, this uh, hashtag, we are united. Hashtag, we want to play. We all want to play football this season. Great. Establish universal mandated health and safety procedures and protocols to protect college athletes against COVID-19 among all conferences throughout the NCAA. Difficult, but reasonable. Give players the opportunity to opt out and respect their decision. They already do. Uh, guarantee eligibility whether a player chooses to play the season or not. I don't know if that's something that can be guaranteed yet or not. Seems reasonable. Uh, use our voices to establish open communication and trust between players and officials ultimately create a college football players association. And that I Ah. think is where everybody started to scratch their heads. Everyone freaks out. Yes.
2: Everybody.
3: ah
0: But they only, but this only applies to a representative of players of all power five conferences. Sorry, Boise state. Sorry, 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 Hugh. Sorry, Hugh. You're trying to get that P5 money though. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I've always, th- I, I personally feel guilty sometimes about how much I like college football because at the end of the day, I do realize that a lot of the kids participating who are generating the revenue kind of don't get the best deal in
1: the world from it all. You can say that again. Um, so,. There's just can, been a can, lot of, can we
2: talk about my boy Danny real quick? Danny yeah, Canal, sure. who came yeah, sure. in with his hair all crazy looking like I that. I used to listen to him stare. a lot
1: back in the day when he was on ESPN <laughs> with, uh, what's that guy's name? Oh, he's from Boston. Rosillo. Rosillo, Ryan Rosillo, right, that's his name. Anyway, continue.
2: Anyway, so Danny Aliens Cannell came in with a hot <laughs> take yesterday and said I keep seeing liability as the big issue in college football. What if the players who want to play sign a waiver and free the schools from those liabilities? Um I hate to break it to you Danny, but schools started pushing those waivers on players like 3 months ago, right? It was like a big news item 3 months ago when it happened. And actually since then I think the NCAA came down and ruled that schools aren't allowed to do that. Why? because that's something you do for employees. And so, yeah, it's already been tried. The NCAA already nixed it. Like, thank you. Right.
0: When I, uh, when I saw that tweet, I just pictured Danny Connell being awoken from cryo sleep or coming out of the board from Jumanji being like, what year is it? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm signing a waiver.
2: I can't wait to watch him try and like outrun some like stampeding elephants.
0: Yeah, so all this stuff that's happening—it's moving so fast. We're having lots of uh, practices are still being held in the two conferences that have held out: the SEC and the ACC. Uh, Big Twelve these-
2: took a bit of a swing back and looks like they might continue as a.
1: Player. Really? All yeah, right. but
2: yesterday it was dire, but the day before it was good, and the day before that was dire.
1: Can I? Okay, so can I? Can I say a thing? Yeah, because there's so many takes floating around. And I don't know. I just think that uh, this is probably way too serious for our silly little podcast, but I just think there's just this overwhelming desire to solve a problem that's not solvable. You Mm -hmm. know, like
2: that that was pretty much that that Bill Conley article Justin talked about. Yeah. it Like was a lot of coming to that same conclusion.
1: Right, and so it. it's like you're trying to like solve a problem that's not solvable, and if you make a decision one way or the other, there's kind of there's no what's the word people like in leadership? Deniability. You want to have deniability and say like we're not protection from people criticizing you from taking the position for or against. They want to have that protection, and so if you take a position for or against. There's this potential of you opening yourself up and i get it because hey it's the outrage era baby and they're coming with right but it's just if people could just calm down and realize that when you're in a pandemic when you have this kind of serious thing going on um sometimes there isn't a perfect answer and sometimes there isn't the solution to the problem Right. Even if you just isolate college football, the college football season, whether to play it or not, the college football problem with the conferences or whatever, or even the separate one that was going on before the pandemic about whether to pay players or not, like there isn't like a perfect, there certainly isn't a perfect solution to the paying the players thing now, but, you know, they're so like averse to change. Um And I'm talking fans. Fans are so averse to change. Never mind, like, I, I get that, you know, if you're going to start paying players, it takes a lot of things being changed administratively and whatever. But just from fans' point of view, like, you know, the fans that got all up in arms when Trevor Lawrence hints at players unionizing. It's like, dear Lord, can we, like, I don't know, can we like, calm down and just, like, realize that just because something's been some way for a while doesn't mean it needs to stay that way? I don't know. All right, yeah, I'm off my little soapbox.
2: No. I mean, you're right. Like part of the reason there's such a, everyone's having such a hard time figuring out the right answer to this is because there is no right answer without making a big change to the framework of how everything else is operating. Right. Because like, look, I could fix this whole thing in like 10 minutes. It's not hard. You just say, okay, college students are doing this semester online. Football players and other athletes will be isolated in bubbles on campus. We treat them as professional athletes and come to some agreement on payment, right? And boom, we fix it. We're done. Everybody plays.
0: That is the uh, that is the easiest way to have college footballs here. It's also the... You know, it also fixes the problems of our college athletes, you know, being unfairly treated, which, of course, they are. But a lot of people are still kind of people are there's still a huge segment of the population that's in denial about it. And it it's not helpful for to have writers like Dan Wilkin, who are constantly moving the goalposts from saying we need to test more. Then when they start testing. You start complaining about how testing supplies are going towards athletes and now, you know, Dan Wilkins came painting to be the mayor of I Told You So. And nobody likes like there's all these journalists who've been accused of, you know, hating sports and wanting to, you know, do some low key grave dancing. I'm not going to say anyone's doing that, but it doesn't help when that's the vibe you're giving people. You know, you're not helping. You're not persuading people to consider your side of the argument when you treat them like that. But
2: Yeah, a lot of people have had just complaints and no offering solutions or
1: actionable right. ways to improve things. Well, that's right? the, the secret. I don't even know if it's a, I was going to say a dirty little secret, but it's probably not even the not so secret, like, thread that runs through outrage culture, outrage, whatever, is, is that. The outrage and the complaining, that's what gets clicks that's what gets attention. That's what gets money ultimately. So it seems like a lot of these journalists are, you know, wanting their sport or whatever to not happen. But the reality is I think part of it is like, Hey, if I post this outrageous thing, I'll get clicks, I'll get likes, I'll get retweets. And so it feels like they don't want their sport to happen, but obviously that's, that's ludicrous.
2: So, so basically what we're saying is that all of this comes down to money and power. Essentially, yeah. Oh, look at that. David Pollack said, UConn folded because they would lose a ton of money. Others will play because they make sure they don't lose a ton of money. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Taylor Twelman said, NCAA is corrupt like FIFA and all they care about is keeping a bunch of money.
1: Hey, I didn't know that was going to allow us to segue nicely into that, but gosh, it's so true. Julio right. said it best in Gangsta's Paradise. Money and the power and the money. Money and the power. Minute after minute. Hour after hour. I may have butchered it. Or Wu-Tang Clan. Cash Wu-Tang.
0: rules everything around me. Okay. Cream, grab the money. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. I it butchered it.
2: It is that true. by your bonds.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man, <laughs> I watched that video twelve, and He went off.
1: Listen, like, there's nothing better in this world than a twelve-man an,
2: an angry little an tale. angry
1: twelve-man. Like, get out of the way!
2: He's hopping mad.
0: He's he does get hopping mad. I know this podcast was designed to either like cool the outrage or just admire the dumpster fire, but I feel like this is a net positive dumpster fire we got out of. It's toasty, man. I'm roasting
2: some marshmallows. Yeah, I'm having a great
0: time. It's great because I think he's getting more just money. It's all about power. It seems like like I could totally see ads. Uh, and all these conferences wanting to just skip this year because they, in the long term, they just want to maintain this business model. And if you mm-hmm. pay these players, you, that's just going to have to be the precedent going forward. There's no going back.
2: Well, that's a one-way street. Um, <sighs> and and honestly, as far as college football goes, right now, Ohio State's the only team you're missing that might participate in a college football playoff, right? So right. the whole Pac-12 is meaningless as far as like national stuff goes.
1: They might as only well. Ohio
0: State
2: counts
1: for a right. national
2: perspective. So, whoop de do we'll just have Clemson, Oklahoma, and two SEC teams. That's like a completely legitimate college football playoff. Nobody even notices.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, Pac-12, you might as well just become a 5 Go back to the not call, not actually college football, don't care.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a really good <laughs> G5 conference.
1: They'd be the best G5 conference. Most I mean, years most years <laughs> sorry i yeah. got so serious there usually we're just here to make fun of other people's takes but man i was so tired of reading of all, all everyone i got out taked or taked out that's the thing we will, we will have
0: some things to laugh about later in
1: the Good show lord i just everyone was sounding off on the college football thing. okay so i haven't even seen this thing that's posted here in the show notes did somebody really make a case for college football dying forever because of this?
0: Yes, it was. I don't really know who this. I've never heard of this this writer for it. It's on a sports blog called SF Gate. I don't know anything about that website, but That's I did Bay Area, or whatever. Is it? Might be Barry. Might be your your neighbor yep. Scott.
2: So they don't know anything about football. So let me just peruse this real quick and see. Yeah, they're talking about just killing college football together
0: right cuz they yeah. don't
2: play college football here there's no there's no power 5 conference on the west
0: coast No. So. who is usc nobody i think we should just move on uh he used the word bootlicker in his article which is like what any ultra liberal writer uses to describe anyone who has any sort of leaning towards center or right which to me is like a you know it's i won't say tr- uh,
1: i think you could call that a uh a uh, polarizing word. <laughs> right. Anyway,
0: he did. What I don't get is that he used the F word a lot in his article, but he didn't actually use the F word like Justin Thomas did, who has some cojones on him. He just used F and then M dash. Like these players give everything, and what the F M dash have their bosses ever given back? We've reached a point in history where it's crystal clear that American universities are where corruption goes to get laundered. Many of them can't exist without their SM football. He did it to the S word too. And those football teams can't exist. Come on, dude. Without... Grow
2: a pair. If you're gonna curse, curse.
0: Right. He basically did the uh what's really popular in the uh I, I don't want to call it the cancel culture culture because it's kind of a, a, a cliche at this point, but it is what it is. And he said if it's just fun it's fundamentally flawed, just do away with it. No more college football for here on ever. But I be- I think he's mostly just saying that because he knows that Cal Berkeley is never going to be in the playoffs. <laughs> he's also
2: Australian, so go talk about your own
0: football. Wait, really? Also uh, rules football, mate. Well, okay. We shouldn't have brought this article up on our show. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, di-
2: he's a wait. Michigan man.
1: Listen. It all listen. makes sense. Uh, he's okay. providing a take. And the take is that college football should die forever. Now, in his second paragraph, he says, To be clear, I don't want the NFL to die. I don't want any pro sports to die. But college football, oh yeah. Let's kill the F out of college football.
2: So dumb. Just like make it more pro. It's basically the minor leagues. Right. Make it officially the minor leagues. Let's all continue to have fun.
0: He's Get like that. He's like that kid at a birthday party who got like a little bit of sand on his cake and he just wants to throw the cake away instead of like, no, 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 just take it. Burn the whole party down. Just take that burn it all down. Yeah, just take just take the little sand off. It's not a problem. Yeah. Why you why you have to be O C D? You're only six years old. Do you know how much how much life you have ahead of you? Do you know
1: how low the stakes are for you right now? (laughs) Okay, we need to be united.
0: Troubling times when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow. We need a sports take to bring us back together. Now more than ever. These are the takes that unite us. Yeah, so today's take. I'm sh- here's here's I, I I didn't know if we were gonna have a take. That was going to unite us this week. And then I came across this wonderful, beautiful rant by Stephen A. Smith. Now, you wouldn't think Stephen A. Smith unite. You don't think those words would go together because he seems to be the the author and the protector? You could call
1: hotster is probably a light way to put it.
0: Right. But you know, I think this unites us because the Cowboys have long insisted that they are America's team, but the more Uh, I travel across this great nation of ours. The more people I talk to, the more I come to realize that nobody really likes the Dallas Cowboys. They suck and nobody cares about them. So I have to
2: see one more like six and 10 versus like five and 11 NFC East game in prime time. I'm just like, I'm going to walk out in the streets and
1: pray for the runner. That's so accurate. Oh my gosh. Yeah, records so are spot on.
0: Are you going to play us the rant? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you context first about the rant. So Michael Irvin, former Dallas Cowboy himself, uh, was giving a take recently where he compared the drafting of Ceedee Lamb from the University of Oklahoma to the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys as um, the Golden State Warriors signing Kevin Durant. After they won the, after they already won the NBA Finals, and now there's a lot of that to scratch your head at. You could listen to that and think, well, how the heck is CD Lamb, and what's the, what are the correlations between CD Lamb and Kevin Durant? Stephen A. Smith doesn't spend any. Correlations
1: between the Cowboys and the Warriors, right? Yeah, and that too.
0: That well, let's hear what Stephen A. Smith had to say.
1: For the first
2: time
3: ever, I'm excited to hear what
0: Stephen A has to say. This said. is you're going to love this Scott. I got this just for you.
3: This dude with a straight oh, face man. because I know he did it with a straight face, okay? This dude goes on social media and articulates that quote, "I'm yeah. sorry <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, Molly and Max. When Kevin Durant arrived at that 72 73-win Warriors, Warriors team, weren't they fresh off a Game 7 in the NFL Finals? I believe that answer is yes. Did not the season before they win an NBA championship? I believe that answer is yes. Because they followed up the championship with a Game 7 in the NBA Finals, that means they had a back-to-back trip to the NBA Finals. The Cowboys haven't been in the NFC Championship game since 1995. I mean, a quarter century. It's been a quarter century. 25 years, Michael Irvin, that these brothers have won more than one playoff game in a year, okay? One, that's it. I mean, they haven't done it in 25 years. It hasn't happened. And you're going to compare (laughs) Cowboys picking up CeeDee Lamb to Kevin Durant, who, by the way, is money had uh, about nine, 10 years in the NBA, averaging 27 again, was a league MVP and a scoring champion before he ever arrived. So not only did I bring up championships, I also brought up resumes. Once again, there is somebody that was wearing a cowboy uniform, and this is the shame of it all. It's bad enough Michael Michael Irvin contaminates his zoot suits that he already wears with blue and white pom-poms every day. But then to come back with this blasphemous, erroneous, patently false <laughs> statements about the cowboys, trying to buffer them up, it is shameful. Galen Gordon, suspend this man I don't want to see him on the air I don't want to see him on social media until he publicly apologizes for the blasphemous statement he said about the irrelevant, pathetic moribund Dallas Cowboys what the hell have they done
2: (laughs) yeah normally Steven A. Smith sucks but that was just all too spot
1: on oh that was so
0: good I feel so much better I mean, that could just be his show. Just the Stephen A. Smith uh, has two minutes to tell you what's wrong with the Dallas Cowboys today.
2: It would certainly be much more successful than uh, Skip Bayless's opposite model, where he tries to sell you someone who's really awesome is actually not good at sports. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that did unite us. That was very yeah, good. I feel very united. Ooh. I, Maybe. I, I'm so mad.
0: Uh, ugh of all the years that we had to hear about, are the Dallas Cowboys going to do it? And everybody knew, no. <laughs> everybody knew, no. No, Tony Romo ain't going to do this. He ain't doing this year. Des Bryan is still going to go to that strip club and pick up those hot wings. It's not, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> this has
1: been the take United. We just talk baseball, though.
0: Yeah, we actually have real sports going on in baseball. No politics, no doom and gloom. They can be put into a bubble because they're professional athletes.
2: Yeah, but they're not in a bubble because they're baseball players.
0: Oh, I guess not. No No bubs. bubs. They're not bubble boys. John, tell me about Jose Altuve.
2: (laughs) He's the same size as a toddler, so he gets a bubble bath. My uh, my (laughs) tiny Altuve.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't even know why he tweeted this in November of 2018, <laughs> but he tweeted, "This is frustrating. I can't take it anymore. No mas. I'm quitting." <laughs> it has resurfaced hard recently <laughs> because, and I follow it on Twitter. He is in the worst stretch she's probably ever. I don't. I'm not going to say it's the worst stretch she's ever had, but hey, man, he's having a
2: rough time. It's
1: real rough. Yeah, he tried to bunt the other day and hit the ball twice when he bunted. And so you're out if you try and do that, by the way. Um, Somebody commented (laughs) on that tweet recently and said, no buzzers working, garbage cans too obvious with no crowds. Baseball is hard to play when you play it the right way, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Golly, savage. Oh, man, that tweet did not age well at all.
0: No, man, he's down in the, I think he's down below the Mendoza line right now
1: way below it yeah but he, he's not he's like halfway to the he would mendoza love to line. be at the mendoza line he would love to be at number 200 he, he would give a whole inch of that five six he got going on to get to the, mendoza line. <laughs> the uh um we'll keep it we'll keep the astros hate going just because it pleases me um so recently there was a little dust up when they played the athletics one of their one of the athletics players got a I think hit twice, three times in two games, and it was the second time that day, something like that. Anyway, he's like walking to first, right? And he's just kind of talking to himself under his breath, just kind of going, holy crap, I've been hit three times. Who knows what he's saying? Well, out of the Astros dugout, Alex Sintran, who i he's one of their coaches. He's not the head coach, is he? No, that's Beltran. No, it's not. Who's the head coach of the Astros? No idea. Sintron is a coach for the Astros. He's a hitting
0: coach, I believe.
1: Oh, okay. He was the man with the trash can, I'm going to assume. We'll just assume. We can't confirm, but we'll assume. Well, he starts John at um, the athletics player that was just hit. and um, But the thing is, the game is in Oakland. And in Oakland, they don't have like your traditional rails over the dugout. And so you can like pretty much walk out and just see. So there's nothing, sight line wise, there's nothing separating whoever's standing on first from anyone in the dugout. So you have this coach, hitting coach, he's just kind of, I guess was offended by whatever the the dude who was hit was muttering as he walked first and starts jawing out at him and approaching him. Like with still within the dugout, he doesn't leave the dugout but approaching him. And so homeboy snaps on first and starts charging him, And so this coach immediately just like goes and like kind of jumps back behind some other coaches and players. And, you know, there was a skirmish and benches cleared and stuff was happening. Who knows? Um, I think eventually major league baseball suspended Cintron. Um, I think like eight games, something like yeah, that, eight games, something crazy like that. They gave him um, the Joe Kelly treatment. They did. Um, a lot of people were talking about it though, and like the difference between the suspension he got versus the suspension the player got because the player didn't get quite as big a one. I forget what he got. It was less games though. People were saying, ah, oh, well the coach should kind of have a bit more discipline and patience and not try to egg on the out, the, you know, the other players to like try and fight him. I see all this to say. Major League Baseball suspended Cintron, and I a, uh, John Boy is pretty famous baseball social media guy. Um, if you don't follow him, you should, because he's great. That's Jom with an M, by the way. Jomboy. And he says this, I think if Houston cared about their rep and culture and how bad it is, comma, they suspend Cintron themselves the rest of the season and say, that's not what we're about. And that's not who we are. <laughs> but that's who they are and, <laughs> and what they're about, so they won't. <laughs> and. <laughs> i just thought that was a great take
0: i I think i'm beyond the point where i'm really mad about the astros uh cheating but like i don't want this to stop (laughs) this is really entertaining it's so this is admiring the dumpster fire and it's purest form i don't know what he said i watched the video and my spanish is not great so i just heard some yelling in Espanol, but someone said that uh, Centron may have made a comment about a player's mother.
1: So I mean, here's the thing: like, <laughs> as someone who's familiar with the Latin culture, one of two things: it's very simple to just say like the phrase that has to do with your mom all the time, anytime you're mad or annoyed. A and B, whether it's said or not, it's really easy to lie and say so it was said. And so then you have some deniability or you have some players that will stick out for you. Like, Oh well, yeah, of course. You know, you're talking about the dude's mom. It's like, uh, okay. Now maybe in this case, I haven't listened to it. Maybe in this case, the audio is pretty clear that he was saying something about his mom in Spanish, but right. I don't know. I feel like that's one of those things that like, it, it's, uh, especially with Latin players, that's something that like gets used a lot um, when you're, in those situations because they know that other players will come to their defense or their support. Well let,
0: well, let me ask you a question. What defense do Latin players have when they're caught salsa dancing in a club when they said they're not going to play baseball because of coronavirus?
1: They say, uh, and I can say this because I'm half Latin. They say, uh, no hablo inglés. <laughs>
2: I he was going to go with a, it's part of my culture. You just don't understand.
1: Was this... Was this real? Did Joanna Cess with us? Was he Allegedly. salsa dancing before he opted out?
0: That's what eyewitnesses said. I can't confirm. There might also, I don't know, maybe the wings there are also very good. <laughs> See, I'm, I've been dissatisfied with a lot of my wing adventures when I go to restaurants. So I'm starting to think that the seedier the location, the better the hot wing.
2: I don't have a good wing place near me, and it makes me very sad. It's not Atlanta.
0: They probably serve like oh these are these are fair trained uh, vegan organic uh, zucchini wings. Why would you well, want to have a chicken?
2: jeez, triggered. <laughs> um, I say there's not good wings. That's not totally true. There are good wings, but they're gonna be like Korean style or something like oh, that. Oh right, or, right. And and those are very good. I very much like them, and it's part of what sustains me. But. It's very hard to go somewhere
0: and be like, okay, let me get like five hot, five lemon pepper, five something else, right? That's not- right. That's the way to do it, right there. I do like the uh, the Asian fusion wings, but you got to have a good buffalo sauce. A uh, great you you don't you can't appreciate buffalo wings until you found a primo buffalo sauce. That's all I gotta say. As return as regarding uh, Ioannis Cespedes, who is the player we're talking about. Um, it seems like he used coronavirus as an excuse to not play. He was kind of a no-show at a game, but it seems like he's been spot being out and about going shopping. He's wearing well, a mask.
1: It says he went uh, on a shopping spree. man, <laughs>
0: live
2: your best life. That's what I'm he's I don't spend
0: this money. I don't care. Like this, this is money
2: ain't
1: gonna spit itself. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I really don't care either. Like I this think it's season funny, sucks. A big deal. Like, I'm glad we have in baseball, but let's not let's
0: not joke around here. This season sucks.
1: At like, least he's he... being honest about it. Like I've seen so many players like sign these bajillion dollar contracts and have like a phantom injury. Like, oh my oblique, I guess I've got to sit out and go spend my twenty five million dollars. Yeah, like I appreciate somebody's
2: like keep working hard. Nah, I'm rich. I'm gonna hang out.
1: Wait, I got like, four okay. years left on this contract.
2: Mm-hmm. Respect.
0: I'll work As is hard on my contract York- year. That's the most uh, New York Met thing to do is to be paid to not play baseball. When as, was uh, it?
2: Somebody on the Mets said, somebody on the Mets is sitting out this year for COVID-related reasons and fans were getting mad. And he said like, something on Twitter to along the lines of, let's be real. The Mets suck and y'all wouldn't play for me this year.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, he, to me, he's just following in the footsteps of Bobby Benilla, you know? I'm just going to be paying not to play baseball.
2: <laughs> vanilla?
0: Benilla, excuse me. Golly. <laughs> I wrong?
2: wish it
0: was you vanilla. About,
1: you
2: talking about Bobby Benilla?
0: <sighs> you know what's funny? <laughs> is Tommy
2: better player.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny? I was like three or six credit hours away from finishing my minor in Spanish at the University of Georgia, and this is what <laughs> I get.
2: Nice.
1: I, think I don't took ben- away that minor.
0: I uh, probably should have. It was... You know, you might as well double major. Yeah,
1: right.
0: <sighs> so do y'all guys want to talk about the Braves and their series uh, of misfortunes? Not really. I don't either.
2: No. Our best pitcher died. We can't do anything in the playoffs next.
0: Uh, okay.
1: We, well, keep, I- we keep trusting our quote-unquote young arms, and um, Snicker trusts them so much that he lets them pitch for an inning and then bullpen games the rest of the game. Man, when guys are pitching well, it's like, oh, you hit fifty-two pitches, time to get him out of there. Yeah, the they, guy, the guy, really gave it up like, like he's still young, one inning. So he gave up like a home run, and dude, I'm talking about today's game. He like give a home, like, ah, oh, I'm gonna put in this bullpen guy for three innings. Who pitched yeah. today? Inoa, Y N O A. I don't know how you pronounce that. Inoa. He started, and then he had thrown like forty-four ish, fifty pitches, and given up a couple homers, but. We were tied two to two when he pulled him. <sighs> he pitched an inning. <sighs> okay, so I this mean, is why I don't want to talk about the Braves. This is dumb. Let's keep going.
0: Okay, well, uh, here comes another great take from Trevor Bauer, who I think might be one of my heroes in baseball right now. Despite fact he doesn't play for my home team, but it's okay. Uh, he has a show, I guess, and uh, I won't play this because I think we've done enough sound bites he has a show with some friends and they basically have a discussion about how stupid MLB TV is. The fact that you spend what 40, $50 a month, but you, you can watch every team except your local market. And I'm sure it's handy if you're like, you know, a Toronto, uh, blue Jays fan living in Burlington, Iowa, but
2: that's where most blue Jays fans live. So,
1: right. See it's, yes, and and that that Turner Bauer show you've been that you mentioned I actually watched the first episode of the I guess the year, quote unquote the season probably better put, and it was really interesting. Um, so I'm definitely gonna watch episode two. It's basically just like like a really cool um, uh, conversation. In the, into the like the inside of like the, the goings on of baseball, which I know there's a lot that's been written about it, but I don't think it's ever been so candidly right kind of recorded. Um, and it, and I, I should clarify about the current baseball stuff. I know right. a lot's been said about the 90s and early 2000s and the steroid stuff, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. I just find it really cool, really interesting. Peak behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. Trevor Bauer is not afraid to let you know what's going on behind the curtain with baseball. and not afraid to let you know that MLB, MLB.TV is hot garbage.
2: Trash.
0: It sucks. You know, what's funny is I know a lot of people who subscribe to it, but then they go buy another VPN service just so they can, like, hide their location and, like, cheese it so they can watch their favorite team, which is – I thought about doing it, but then I realized I could spend less money in, on slings, which is probably what I'll – End up doing, but I don't know if I want to watch any more Braves baseball because it's been depressing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, no, I still watch Braves baseball. It's relaxing. Yeah, it's it's, it's cool. I like it. It's I'd, fun to watch a new CRT slip around in the middle of Yankee Stadium and just not catch things. He's actually but, trending. But
2: at least he hits the ball as hard as like a you know kid in Pee Wee
0: or something.
1: He's trending in Georgia for that does bad. That's usually yeah. If I
0: say trending on Twitter is usually a bad sign. I do like how uh, Trevor Bauer seems to be aware of the fact that baseball kind of has a problem uh, gaining new fans in the United States.
1: Listen, I agree. Here, here's the thing, and I I can't take credit for this take. I wish I could look up the guy really quick who get who originally gave the stick. He actually has like a not to be, to be even more um, of a homer. He actually has like a like a Braves podcast that he does and he's the he's one of the guys on the podcast. Oh man. I'll keep looking for the name I'll give it to you later. But basically his he does this video which he intended to be, you know, funny, but he's got a good point. And the point was that they ML Major League Baseball invests a lot in player development and scouting and stuff in all these Latin American countries. And it's not to say that they don't here in the US, but I think it would be really cool if they could maybe I don't know, balance the skills more towards like the U S especially in some of the inner cities and start player development, start some leagues that and like the inner city for people who live near these teams, you know? So you have these people who grew up in the area and you know, if you're in Baltimore, they're like, Oh, Orioles, you know, they hear about the Orioles and now you have like a Baltimore Orioles sponsored like league thing. And you you're developing players in your own, team and it's I don't know it was a really cool idea and they could definitely make it cheaper for the kiddos. It is a, a lot of money. That's that's a cool way to introduce a lot of new a new generation of fans. Um but yeah neither here nor there. But MLB will MLB so that ain't gonna happen. Yeah.
0: There has been some funny interesting things that have happened uh with just the state of the games, just all these cardboard cutouts and just nobody there to watch it. Just these players <laughs> playing the game. Uh, I really loved seeing Andrew McCutcheon, uh, give balls to Andrew or to give balls to, uh, cardboard cutout fans. It's like, Oh, Hey kid, you want this ball here? Take it.
1: It's was
0: was hysterical. Beautiful. He does it for the fans, even if they're not real. <laughs> um, similarly, Freddie Freeman had a funny moment, um, so they have, they do still have like, you know, ball boys and crews that's supposed to pick up balls in the stands. He went out to catch a foul. Uh, I guess what do you call it? A line out foul? Just like a foul ball, pop foul fly. Ball. That went foul. Yeah. Anyway, it went over stands, but while he couldn't get it, but while he was going for the ball, he noticed another ball that was down in the, uh, the seat. <laughs> he picked it up and showed it to the work crew and then popped it back down. <laughs> Come on, as if as as to say, come on, guys, do your job. (laughs) If we got baseball to play, we're working hard. Can't you do your work too? (laughs) Hire me. I'll get your. I'll get all the stray balls.
1: True. By the way, so Freddie also had
2: another good moment. I think in today's game where he was coming up to bat, and they were Yankees were thinking about making a pitching change. So he started asking the Yankees coaches who they're bringing in, if they're bringing in whatever lefty guy that he was going to, like, get pinch hit for or something. He's like, hey, do I need to stand here and wait, or can I go sit down? He's, like, asking the Yankees
1: coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me know, man.
2: Yeah, like, I didn't try to stand here for, like, five minutes for no reason. Why, I'll show some, like, Bud Light commercials or whatever.
1: Um, by the way, the guy I was talking about, his name is Josh Brown. You can find him on Twitter, at brown great handle he is a podcast podcaster in the nakahoma nation podcast um anyway he's funny
0: shout out to another pod maybe we'll be pod friends one day
1: i hope so he's funny he makes me laugh on twitter that's for sure yeah <laughs> he doesn't make me cry like most of the people I follow. so
0: um i did see the blue jays of after series Several series of trial and error. They are playing their season in Buffalo, New York, which is yeah, interesting. Welcome to America. America. <sighs> no, yeah. Don't, don't Whatever. We've already crossed that threshold on the show.
2: <laughs> Here, play some major league games.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Taco Bell. F. Yeah. McDonald's. F. Yeah. Bed Niagara Falls. F. F yeah. F,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, they um they built it the it you know it's like the the field of dreams. They got this new stadium, or it's not new stadium, but they repurposed one that was already there. Isn't this where
1: Triple uh, A affiliate plays or AA something like
0: affiliate? that? Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's a uh, it doesn't have any outfield stands, so it looks like kind of a double A, Triple A. Nice, you, but nice. You don't really need those stands right now, so it's all good. Nah, it's right. a distraction. So they built it no one will come. It's not the field of dreams, it's the field of memes.
1: Ooh. Ooh, mm. makes for like that. So yeah. So do we want to do this video game or save it cuz we're long? Yeah.
2: Hit me with it. <laughs> All
0: right, so this is a video game I used to play when I was a kid. Uh it's Michael Jordan Chaos in the Windy City.
1: Oh, I remember this game because I thought the cover was super cool. Oh, it's baller. It's like Michael Jordan.
2: We got the whole like playthrough video.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. uh,
0: Watch it at your leisure or you can read the Wikipedia article. Um, I can tell you I didn't get to make it far in that game when I played it. Not because it's hard, but it's like very poorly designed and stupid. But imagine, if you will, that the Chicago Bulls have been kidnapped by some evil force with a legion of zombies, but these zombies have basketball heads, and you, Michael Jordan, with your weaponized basketballs, have to go fight all these zombies and rescue your Chicago Bulls, who he wasn't playing for at the time because this was during his uh, retirement while he was playing baseball.
1: <laughs> so. so basically, it's a um, it's a platformer game. In the uh, people who are avid gamers it will know that it is a in the Metroidvania category of platformers. So if you're like a Castlevania game or like a Metroid game, it's kind of like that except you um platform around and your weapon uh, is your basketball. And you launch your basketball and hit people with your basketball and that's how you do damage and as he as he uh moves around the stage he's constantly dribbling the basketball, so there's no traveling in this game.
0: As he does in real life as we know because as we know,
1: as is tradition. Yeah.
2: So, can I read one of the reviews? from Next Generation. Um, They said, the backgrounds are redundant, the mazes repetitious, and the action never improves for 24 mind-numbing levels. Kudos for the original concept, but again, Jordan should have stuck with basketball. (laughs) Two out of five stars.
0: I would say it's a pretty generous review. Um, It's extremely difficult. Um, Your health bar is not a typical health bar. It it's just Michael Jordan's face, and when you're at maximum health, he's smiling, and when you're at no health, he's basically just scowling menacingly. So, <laughs> Like it, he would if you missed a three-point or a free throw if you were his teammate.
2: There was also <laughs> a, a vote in the 90s um, for the worst, 10 worst video games of all time. And at that time, Michael Jordan, Chaos in the Windy City, came in seventh.
1: That's still pretty I mean, generous, in my opinion. I'm, I'm thinking in my head of other platforming games that came out around 1994, and there is no reason for this. <laughs> like there right. were some really good ones they could have just straight up ripped off. Right, you but know I what's... will say the cover art is legendary. It is Michael Jordan holding two basketballs, one's on fire and the other's mm-hmm. ice, and it just looks like he's like the air, the last airbender of basketball. I can't cool. wait for
2: him to show up and fight some dragons.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> well, this came out, I think, roughly the same time as NBA Jam, which you could play the sh- <laughs> as the Chicago Bulls on. That game is awesome if you've ever played NBA Jam. That's probably one of my favorite basketball games <laughs> that's ever been made. You could play as the Chicago Bulls with Scottie Pippen and the gang, but you cannot play as Michael Jordan as he was not a member of the team at the time. So in 1995, this is like your only video game option
1: to play as so they re-released nba jam maybe like seven or eight years ago on like whatever console was xbox 360 is that what it was 360 yeah that was hot really good
2: yeah i played a mess
1: out of that did we we might have played that together a lot um um i can't remember if mj was in it or not i'm trying to remember i don't remember i know it was a big deal when he uh, that year, they first got the rights for him in NBA Live, right? Yeah.
2: All I remember about old school, old school basketball stuff was NBA Jam was awesome, and I loved Shaq Food despite all its flaws.
1: Oh, Shaq Food is a great game.
0: We'll have to talk about that on another show. Oh
1: yeah.
0: You guys got any closing thoughts?
2: Uh.
1: Everything sucks. Everything doesn't suck. Hey, hey, man! Up, <laughs> I've cleaned up throw up four times today, and I can tell you everything does not suck.
2: There you go. Fair enough.
1: That's progress from last
0: week. I mean, last week you just said run away. This week you're not running away. <laughs> you're still here.
2: I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> I just like give us some real sports. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Oh man! I mean, Braves getting pounded by the Yankees feels like real sports to me. Unfortunately, Stockholm mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the real money ball.
2: But the Braves season's already over, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Watch it die slowly, though.
0: Yeah.
2: There you go. That's tradition.
0: You guys think there's gonna be any college football?
2: Um, I think
1: there might be. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I don't know. Do you think the I mean, X
2: DX- is definitely a possibility still? But
0: yeah. Let me ask you this: Do you think the XFL could take its place this <laughs> just for this year? And would it?
1: No. <laughs>
2: Man, that seems dicey. But also, they, is, they have the whole market to themselves. But it NFL is is still gonna play. NFL is still going to play. So
0: right. The NFL just can't take these kids until they're three years out of high school, which some of these kids already are, but they're not. You know, draft. They can't. Okay, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, they can't go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But,
2: but Trevor Lawrence could go play for the Rock.
0: He could. Wouldn't you like to see uh, Trevor Lawrence hand off the ball to uh, Chuba Hubbard? Yeah. Chuba Hubbard. Like, I you would like. love to
2: see those guys just run over some random dude off the streets that's like filling up the rest of the XFL roster they're playing against.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. I have no more parting wisdom for you. So, au revoir, and until next time, be wary of the takes, gentlemen and gentlewomen, for sometimes they are outrageous. Beware, Gar- beware, beware the takes. Gar- your minds.
0: Thank you again for listening to Let Them Eat Takes. If you got a take to share, you can drop us a line on Twitter or Instagram. We're on Twitter at EatTakesPod and on Instagram at LetThemEatTakes. Also, make sure to leave us a review on your podcasting platform. You will have our eternal thanks. See you next time. Wear a mask. Bye-bye.